educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome aboard to the Tuesday edition of the show. We're delighted that you chose to uh, bring us along. It is 510 on Tuesday, November 7th, Election Day. Not here in Nebraska, but uh, a lot of other places in the country. Uh, today is Election Day, and one week, one week, one year from today, um, it'll be Election Day everywhere. So uh, we'll get into that more in the second half of the show. But uh, yeah, inform, educate, entertain. Let's do that. We're not going to shout. We're not going to grandstand. Uh, let's build up instead of tear down. And, uh, yeah, let's do all of that. We're delighted that you chose to tune us in. Before we go any further, say hello to Mr. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. I mean, I, I'll i still say I have a loud voice, but it's not shouting, so cause I'm, I won't do that here either. <laughs> you, you do have a loud voice. I can control it with, well, I can control my microphone anyway, so that's yeah. a plus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, uh, a little programming note. Uh, no show tomorrow. Uh, the studio is going to be under construction, so... Uh, so we'll come back and everything will be shiny and bright and, uh, and hopefully Johnny, you'll still know what the I was gonna say, what buttons to press. Hopefully and, your pr- producer will know how to work the new board. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll be exciting. But yeah, no, so no show tomorrow. Uh, so we'll sh- see you back here on Thursday for the Lincoln Business Roundtable with, uh, Mr. Todd Ogden, always an entertaining guest and, uh, he's bringing along with him and uh, Ringline uh, from the Lincoln Running Company, which just had a big uh, weekend with the uh, uh, the the, uh, uh, the Havsey, uh, the Good Life Havsey uh, last week. A record uh, record attendance on that running event here in Lincoln. Boy, it just continues to be. Uh, uh, we're a running city, that's for sure. Well, uh, I asked Mr. Chase Porter from the newsroom to stop in and say hello, Chase. Uh, hello. Hello, Dan. It's good to have you in the studio, my friend. It's good to be back. It's been a while. Yeah. I think the last time I was with Tom Beckius, I believe. Yeah. And I've just ran around and caused havoc during your shows <laughs> several times. So. Well, you yeah, you do some videos every once in a while when we have uh, guests in the studio. And I get to see you every day, but I yes. don't get to... Uh, I don't get to see you on the microphone right. uh, every day. So. We just chat about all the headlines in like five minutes, and then we're both off to our corners. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, I wanted to, to grab you and, and talk about a couple headlines today. First of all, it's nice to have you in the newsroom yes. or in the, in the studio. It's, it's great to be back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was intrigued. Uh, you, you've, you're going to tee up a story that you're working on that also caught my eye about a famous uh, director who uh, has uh, has connected with a Nebraskan. Yes, yes. So there is a UNL graduate who's, you're going to have to help me with the town name again. Llewellyn. Llewellyn. He's from Llewellyn, Nebraska, small village even. It's like 300 people or something. He has been an acclaimed comic book writer for DC for years. And um, he wrote his first debut novel, his first novel, his and, first debut novel. And his name is Van Jensen. His name is Van Jensen. The novel is called Godfall. It is this crazy sci-fi story. It takes place in Nebraska. It's about this three-mile-tall alien crashes down into this small town. It, turn, it turns this village into this, like, metropolis. And the story follows this sheriff that is investigating a murder and trying to get down to the bottom of what this alien is. And it's developing this cult and conspiracy theories. It's this crazy story. I saw that it was being adapted into a TV show. It just got bought and 
purchased to uh, be adapted. It, there was a huge bidding war nice. over nice. the over the rights to it, and Ron Howard's production company. No who, kidding. Yes, who it's yeah. um, Imagine Entertainment. They will be adapting it. Super preliminary stages right now. I sound kind of like his promoter doing this, uh, <laughs> doing this ad. But it was cool. I reached out to Van's um, management, and they connected me with Van. We had like a twenty minute phone oh, conversation. No it was super cool. I've actually been a fan of Van's for some years. I have a handful of his comic books at my place, so my nerd card, everybody is is present. And um, it was just fun to talk with him, talk about the story. I asked him how writing books is so much different than comics. We got into the story and how it's going to be developed. So I have an interview slated to be released with him. I'm thinking sometimes next, sometime next week. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's the uh, Hollywood Reporter story. And uh, uh, Howard said uh, in a statement to the Hollywood Reporter, uh, Godfall showcases the perseverance of the human experience and the very relevant themes of family and change in small town America. Not to mention the rich and complicated characters that provide great performance opportunities and what I know will be an amazing cast, said Ron Howard. Wow. Yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the details about the story Van described to me that I thought was really powerful is he is from this small town, but now he lives in Atlanta, this huge city. Yeah. And he said that in his life, he's seen such a cultural clash between rural and urban yep. life. And he found a way through this book to, kind of meld those together and make these in his words he said um to make these two sides have to confront each other and their differences because the small town turns into this huge metropolis city so in a lot of ways he was fusing in his own life experiences as a nebraskan into this book i've been to Llewellyn, nebraska i told you offline that uh it, it's uh it's near Lake McConaughey, and of course, I went to high school out in Ogallala, and so I used to, I used to play in a country swing band in Llewellyn, Nebraska, in a bar, <laughs> a little tiny bar in Llewellyn, Nebraska. So that uh, brings back some memories. But this Hollywood Reporter story says uh, Jensen, uh, a Nebraska native, is an acclaimed comic book writer, as you pointed out, who has written for many of DC Comics' biggest titles, including Green Lantern, Superman, and The Flash. Yes, indeed, great uh, books, also as well as other characters as uh, James Bond and more. In 2016, he was named a comic book ambassador, to, ambassador by the U.S. State Department, and two years later, he created a comic book biography for Stacey Abrams. Which I've seen on the shelves at the comic book store. I'll be darned. Yeah. So that, that maybe is the uh, Atlanta connection, the Georgia connection. Definitely, and you can see in his career he sort of started out with these cosmic supernatural elements sort of got more involved in real life things creating a biography for an elected official and being what was it what was the title again the ambassador of comic books yeah. to the senate yeah i don't even know what that means but that <laughs> sounds so cool a comic book ambassador for the u.s state department like, so the u.s state department understands the power of comics i suppose so Describing the plot of Infinity War to our elected <laughs> officials or something like that. <laughs> that's cool. Well, that's cool. So when can we expect that interview? It's slated for this coming week. Maybe the okay. end of the week, probably okay. the beginning of the week. It'll be a print interview. We talk about the whole project. It's really exciting, and that's, I think we're all going to like it. That's very cool. Well, Chase Porter from the news. Hang around if you can. Please. We're going to talk about the, the break news uh, here in Lincoln about this uh, gentleman that's missing, and we'll update that story. So come on back uh, after these messages you're listening to the dan parsons show on 1499.3 klin 
And welcome back to the Tuesday edition uh, of the show. We're delighted that you uh, chose to take us along. Uh, my goodness, up 65 degrees uh, on November 7th. Uh, we'll take it. Joining us uh, in the studio, Mr. Chase Porter from the newsroom, the award-winning KLIN oh, Newsroom. Look hush. at that. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I'm saying he's putting over the newsroom, not you. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Well, it, it is. It's great to have you in the studio, Chase. We, uh, we get to see each other uh, on the run uh, from time to time. But, yeah, I just thought it'd be fun to, uh, to have you in here and talk about a few of the headlines. And, and certainly the story in this city for the past couple days has been this gentleman who's gone missing. Uh, yes. It's just a mystery of what's going on. So I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to start with something a little lighter yeah. uh, for the show. But, yeah, I, I thought it was important to have our listeners hear from, from you, from the newsroom, of, uh, uh, of, of, of just kind of filling in uh, what has happened uh, chronologically sure. on this story. Yeah, there's there's a lot um, that is not known at the moment. Sadly, uh, they've they've been generally, I think, inconclusive about a lot of good leads on where Tyler Goodrich could be. Um, you know, 35 year old man, avid runner. He was last supposedly seen wearing running shorts, running shoes, a zip up jacket. Um, it's reported that he left his house after an argument with his uh, husband and the next morning, um, his husband reported him missing. Mm -hmm. And that's the last we've really heard. Mm -hmm. Now there's that I think happened that this has been going on since the week started since right. Monday. Right. And today we got an update from the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office that the family is getting legal representation, um, not just the husband of Goodrich, but the whole family. Because I believe law enforcement, as they would, they were questioning every member, including kids. Sure. Um, and, you know, for, for th this is causing a lot of speculation, I think. Just everybody hears someone getting legal representation, assuming, you know, some aspect of guilt. Whether or not that's the case, that is something that law enforcement will figure out there's a lot of reasons you could want legal representation sure, in this situation sure. i'm sure their house is completely taped off flooded with police they've yeah. probably all been questioned by yeah. multiple departments um so having a lawyer would just be smart yeah. to some degree yeah and and again i i think that's smart uh, from a journalism perspective to not speculate to not jump to conclusions we don't know uh law enforcement has been apparently very forthcoming and and having briefings uh, yes for the, for the news media yep they they um uh they do briefings on a three day a week basis monday wednesday friday they held an impromptu briefing today just to keep us updated so that's where we're getting a lot of this information i wouldn't be surprised if they kept up daily briefings it's it is generating a lot of public interest for for obvious reasons obvious reasons yeah well uh again uh, all of us are very concerned and i i personally know some people that are uh, close friends with this uh, individual, and so I've been seeing, as I'm sure most of us have on uh, on social media, uh, yeah. the outpouring of concern and love and support. Yeah, he was a member of the community. Um, from from what we can tell, I mean, one of the one of the sad parts of it was he was going to participate in the Good Life Havsy. Oh, he was yeah. an avid runner, and that added to suspicion as to where he could be. You know, mm -hmm. more than just maybe getting in a fight with your significant other and. Yeah. I don't know, going to a friend's house just to spend the night or something like that. So if I could ask a couple questions, sure. we're visiting with Chase Porter from the KLAN newsroom. Um, so uh, there's been some conflicting uh, news stories, and, and I get that. You know, there's the first news stories aren't always accurate, and they get corrected and, yeah. and so forth. But I was confused of the reports of 
when the last time uh, his phone pinged. Yeah, so I think as of Monday, so earlier in the week, the reporting was that he left his house on this run following this fight and that his phone pinged somewhere out of the residence. Yeah, out on um, the trail someplace. That was the, the initial report. Yes, on the sidewalks, along a street, yeah. along a trail, something along those lines. And I think, I, I'm not sure how the the confusion arose, but I think there was just a misunderstanding as to what the notification was. It was referred to as a ping. Yeah, That could mean a lot of things, a sort of a vague term with with a cell phone. It is now understood that the last time his phone pinged was in his house, and it was a okay. Snapchat notification. Okay, a social media uh, platform. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you know that that was a lead for Lynn, for the yeah because in, because there was search efforts right. where that re- was reported on the trail. Right. There was momentum in a direction. Yeah. And yeah. now it's kind of nothing. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, I uh, appreciate that update. It's uh yeah, yeah it's a very concerning. Yeah, anytime when someone's missing and that long and and uh, yeah, uh, obviously something has happened and For sure. Um uh, we don't know what yet, who knows? Maybe you know, I'm not yeah. going to speculate that's not our job here, but uh, obviously it's a very uh, important issue and and just wanted to get a little update uh, so I appreciate that. And it's worth saying everyone I think should for the sake of being a caring community, familiarize yourself with what Tyler looks like. You know, we have pictures on our website, klin.com, a couple pictures. You can see what he looks like. 35 year old guy, pretty, you know, average look, but a description isn't enough. You should go check him out. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, um, well, I know you'll keep us posted on that. Uh, on another note, an, 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 yes. another headline that I saw, and I can't find the story right now, but uh, there was a story about the Lincoln City Council approving an aging facility and not a senior facility, but a, <laughs> a bourbon aging facility uh, for our friends at Sideshow Spirits. My confusion this morning reading that headline, I was like, what business vertical is this for Sideshow Spirits? They're they're getting into uh, elderly care, it seems. But no, they're, they're going to be aging more, I guess, a, a more space to age um, spirits. Correct. Uh, here's the story from uh, the Lincoln Journal Star. Business is good at Sideshow Spirits, Lincoln's first ever legal uh, distillery. <laughs> it's so good, the downtown facility is busting uh, bursting mm. with barrels. Uh, and so <laughs> Cody Schmick, who Cody's been on the show many times, uh, he says, uh, we're putting three barrels a week into storage, which I know sound doesn't sound like much, uh, Cody said, but it's a lot. And I saw Cody this afternoon. In fact, I, I bugged him. I said, hey, can you or Kip come on the show and, and bring some bourbon? <laughs> and he said, well, it's not Friday Afternoon Club, Parson, so well, we're not coming. Uh, I think an exception can be made. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, uh, federal law allows distilleries to have storage and aging sites as long as they're located within 10 miles. Uh, and so it's so much bourbon that they're creating that Sideshow, uh, which opened in 2020 with a cocktail bar and distillery at 1630p, uh, is adding this aging facility so that they can have more room to age some whiskey barrels. Is it going to be in the building? Yes. Okay. Because yes. I, I know it used to be a split business. I don't know if what it was at first, I guess, but it used to be Sideshow and Boombox. Correct. Do you remember? Do you ever go to Boombox? Uh, it, I, it was for the kids. It was kids. for the kids. Yes. <laughs> a little uh, bit. <laughs> it is now uh, Sideshow Spirits. There's a cocktail bar. Uh, mm-hmm. There, and which then, just used to be in the back, correct? Right, 
and which still is correct. And there's a staircase that goes up the stairs. It's very quaint. It's a great place for a date, by the way. Yeah, we'll, we'll cover that on dating over fifty episode <laughs> yes. in a couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and and so the rest of the space is like for entertainment, uh, for parties and such. Yeah. But the but the bulk of the facility is where they brew uh, the distillery. Okay. And so they have storage space there. Okay. Uh, it was originally uh, uh, a craft beer. Uh, uh, this, uh, place uh and gosh now i'm going to forget the name of my friends that that had that uh and then it became uh there was a a, a craft beer company out of california uh, green flash mm, yeah and then cody and uh Kincater brewing bought it uh, a couple years ago okay. and turned it into what it is now and so yeah they're brewing uh they do vodka they do gin and whiskey Okay, How, that's going to be cool. Maybe we'll see these liquors, you know, being sold nationally. I think so. Cody says that, uh, you know, they can compete uh, with the yeah. big boys. That's going to be, I hope they're cheaper since we're getting them from the, I would think from they the don't. plays. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking, though. <laughs> and we'll get Kip Givens, uh, who has written books on the subject. Uh, he's Sideshow Whiskey Master. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll get him on the show okay. sometime. And he should bring a drink. Absolutely, he will. <laughs> Chase Porter from the newsroom, thank you. Yes, for of course. In. Yeah, thanks for uh, stopping in. Uh, folks, uh, that's the first half of the show. Enjoy the news. We'll be right back after 14 on the 1499.3 KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Educating. Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, boy, howdy. We're having fun on a Tuesday afternoon, folks. I appreciate uh, you tuning in uh, on a Tuesday afternoon in the greatest city in America. Uh, 64 degrees, 537 on Tuesday, November 7th. Uh, yeah, thanks for the uh, uh, the back and forth. I'm having like five different conversations uh, with people on text and uh some folks called in and appreciate uh, Chase Porter from the newsroom stopping in and, and talking about uh, uh, some breaking news and some other fun news uh, going on in the city. But we did have a caller that Johnny talked to earlier and said, you got to try the canned cocktails at Sideshow Spirits. Yeah, he uh, said the witch doctor Mai Tai. Yeah. Shout out to Howdy, a uh, longtime listener of this uh of this station show and sounds like a listener of the Dan Parsons show too. It was great to talk to him again. But. Yeah. Appreciate it. How do Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've had the witch doctor, my tie. Um, yeah, the whole, the story behind, uh, these canned cocktails, uh, uh, the legislature passed uh, a law. Uh, it's been a couple years ago now, I think 
because I had some guests on talking about it on, on my podcast years back. And uh, those canned cocktails you see are taxed differently uh, than canned beers are because they have alcohol instead of uh, beer in them. And so anyway, the uh, uh, some folks got together and and uh, they changed that law to lower that tax so it would not be such a burden. And so the, the result of that has been uh, people like Sideshow Spirits and Kincaid Brewing are now creating uh, these popular, very popular canned cocktails uh, right here in Lincoln. And... Uh, uh, they've been very popular. And uh, so in addition to the distillery of making bourbon and gin and vodka, uh, they also have these canned cocktails. So anyway, we'll get we'll get Cody on. We'll get Kip on, uh, who who is probably one of the most uh, knowledgeable uh, folks in Nebraska about uh, bourbon and distilling. So we'll uh, we'll get them on. So anyway, appreciate that. And then my buddy Andy is uh, a listener and texted me in, and and Andy is from Ogallala, and he knows that area out there, and he knows the Jensens, the the gentleman we are talking about, uh, who has this uh, movie deal coming up with uh, Ron Howard, and so uh, reminiscing about. Uh, Llewellyn and Ogallala in western Nebraska. So anyway, I'm having fun. I hope you guys are as well. So uh, anyway, uh, that's what's going on here in the show. But I did want to talk about uh, one other uh, issue today, and that is uh, it's Election Day. Now, we don't have any elections here in Nebraska today, but uh, across the nation, uh, there's a lot of things going on. And so I'm not going to dive into that, uh, but I am going to review a little bit of what's uh, going to be coming up in Nebraska uh, a year from today. Well, not quite uh, this exact day, but uh, uh, the first Tuesday in November of next year in 2024, uh, one year away, we'll have uh, our election here in Nebraska. And um, yeah, uh, so uh, one year from today uh, for here's what's here, here are the seats that are up for election, and you've heard me talk about this before, but all three congressional seats, as we do every two years, so uh, the 1st District uh, with uh, Congressman Mike Flood, 2nd District uh, Congressman uh, Don Bacon, and 3rd District uh, Congressman Adrian Smith, all three of those gentlemen uh, will be up for uh, election next year uh, here in Nebraska. And of course, we've had <clears throat> Senator, or excuse me, Congressman Flood and uh, Congressman Bacon just uh, last week. And so we'll continue to try to get those gentlemen uh, back in the studio uh, as the election approaches next year. And you've heard me talk about this before, uh, two, count them, two United States Senate seats uh, here in Nebraska. And this is very unusual uh, I, I keep saying that I don't think it's ever happened. I know it's not happened in my lifetime. Uh, I, I don't know if it's, it probably has at some point that both Senate seats are up for the same year uh, in Nebraska. It's usually rotating. And of course, those are six-year seats, uh, six-year terms. And the reason we have both seats up, as you may recall, uh, Senator Ben Sass <clears throat> resigned his seat early uh, to take uh, the president of uh, uh, of uh, Florida, uh, down in uh, down in Florida, <laughs> uh, he left the Senate, and so uh, Governor Pillen uh, got to pick uh, the next uh, United States Senator, and he chose uh, Pete Ricketts, uh, former governor. So anyway, that's the reason why we have an election. Uh, both Senate seats are up, and of course, Senator Deb Fisher uh, is the other seat, uh, the Senate seat that's up, and to date, 
uh, Senator <clears throat> Ricketts does not have an opponent yet uh, that I'm aware of. And hey, if I if I get any of this wrong in, in my memory here, uh, feel free to call 402-479-1400 and correct me. But I don't believe there's been any announced candidate uh, for uh, Senator uh, Ricketts' seat. Uh, Senator Fisher does have an announced candidate, uh, an independent candidate from Omaha. Uh, Mr. Dan Osborne has announced uh, uh, several weeks back that he's running for that seat. Um, and in addition to the three congressional seats and both United States Senate seats, uh, there will be, you know, uh, several other lower ballot uh uh, <clears throat> campaigns going on, uh, but the ones that I am going to follow, there are four Lincoln area state senator uh, races that will be coming up next year, um, and those are <clears throat> uh, District 21, uh, Bo Ballard uh, is the incumbent, and you may recall uh, Senator Ballard was appointed by Governor Pillen uh, to replace uh, Mike Hilgers. Uh, who resigned his seat because he was elected as attorney general. Um, And so Senator Ballard uh, will be up for election uh, next year. Uh, And he has one announced uh, candidate uh, uh, opponent, uh, Seth uh, Derner. And Mr. Derner was on uh, uh, the show uh, a few weeks back. Uh, And so he's running for that seat. And, so those two will face off in a primary, uh, and, and there's still time, and we'll go through the, the time of uh, when those uh, seats are uh, kind of the calendar. Uh, the other, uh, a second uh, state Senate race uh, in, in the Lincoln area, uh, Carolyn Bozen, Senator Carol, Carolyn Bozen, which is District 25, uh, also an appointed seat. She was appointed by Governor Pillen uh, after former uh, state senator Suzanne Geist resigned, uh, you may recall, to run for mayor. She was unsuccessful uh, in her attempt to uh, to unseat uh, Mayor Lyrian. Uh, but uh, so Governor Pillen appointed uh, the replacement for Senator Geist. That's Carolyn Bozen. Uh, so Senator Bozen will also be up uh, for uh, election uh, next year, District 25. Uh, she has one announced. And again, if I'm missing someone and somebody's out there saying, wait a minute, Parsons, what about this person? Uh, from my memory, uh, Senator Bozen has one opponent, uh, Nikki Beamer Pop, uh, who uh, currently serves on the uh, Lincoln Airport Authority Board. Uh, so uh, Nikki Beamer Pop has announced her uh, candidacy to run for that seat. <clears throat> the other two uh, Lincoln area state Senate races, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that will be up next year, District 27, <clears throat> and that's uh, Senator Wishart, Anna Wishart, who has held that seat for uh, uh, for several years now. In fact, she's term limited, uh, so Senator Wishart's <clears throat> excuse me uh, term uh, will be up uh, next year. So this is her final year. Uh, it, next year will be her final year in the legislature. Uh, and as far as I know, again, political nerds out there, if I've missed someone that's announced a candidacy for Senator Wishart's seat, District 27, uh, please uh, let me know. But I, to my knowledge, uh, there's no other announced uh, can- candidate against, uh, or not against, but for that seat. So it's an open seat uh, in District 27. <clears throat> the other seat that's up uh, in the Lincoln area for, uh, you know, for the, uh, 
legislature is District 29, and that's Elliot Bostar. Uh, Senator Bostar is up for re-election uh, next year as well. And again, I <clears throat> excuse me, I don't believe uh, Senator Bostar, uh, Bostar uh, has an opponent yet either. <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, so anyway, those are the four uh, legislative seats in the Lincoln area. So there's 49 state senators, um, and this is the uh, all of the odd-numbered seats are up for election uh, in 2024. And uh, just so you know, uh, there are some deadlines coming up uh, to be aware of for those uh, for anyone running in Nebraska. So anyway, we'll get to some of that and a little bit other uh, notes on uh, the election, because it is Election Day, even though we don't have any elections going on in Nebraska. So anyway, come on back. We'll finish up after these messages. Come on back. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And thanks for sticking around on this Tuesday afternoon. And Yep, it's dark out. Doggone it. This is going to be weird getting used to uh, for a while because I, uh, I haven't driven home from the station uh, in the dark uh, yet. So, I don't know, Johnny, you may need to, somebody may need to escort me. I'll say, didn't you drive home from the station last <laughs> night at least? I did. I did. So it's day two. So it's day two. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll get used to it. Hey, uh, here is a, uh, a correction. Thank you for, uh, for this from Chase Porter in the newsroom. Always, he's always on top of things. Because uh, I asked if anyone knew of any of these state Senate races that I got wrong. Uh, there is an opponent. Uh, or an announced candidacy uh, for District 27, Anna Wishart's seat. Anna is uh, term-limited, so she can't run again next year. Uh, but a gentleman by the name of Cameron, with a K, Neiman, uh, has announced his uh, uh, campaign for District 27. So my apologies, uh, Mr. Neiman. Uh, uh, you are an announced candidate for that seat. So... Uh, thanks for running. Keep uh, keep uh, keep that up. So I suspect there'll be uh, more candidates for those seats because they don't uh, come open that often, and uh, especially now with term limits, uh, there's you know there's uh, you know there's those opportunities don't come around uh, very often. Uh, here's a couple programming notes, if you will. Uh, no show tomorrow. Johnny and I get the day off because they're remodeling. Why well, I keep saying remodeling the studio, Johnny? I just think they're remodeling that uh, thing that's in front of you. I mean, you could still say remodeling the <laughs> studio because, like, no studio is complete without a soundboard, and that's the big thing they're doing is replacing my soundboard. And uh, well, if Caleb's listening, he'd say his soundboard, and he'd definitely have more ownership <laughs> than I would. But uh, yeah, and so it uh, now is like everything else going to be moved around in here? No, but it's still a big deal for us here at KLIN. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, it is a big deal. So anyway, that's going on tomorrow. So uh, uh, I can't be in front of the mic because the mic's going to be uh, uh, doing something else, resting in its place tomorrow. I'm going to be happily taking a nap, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so no show tomorrow, but uh, tune back in on Thursday. It's the Lincoln Business Roundtable, and this is our monthly visit with Mr. Todd Ogden. Uh, from the Downtown Lincoln Association. And, and as you know, if you're a fan of the show, uh, Mr. Todd Ogden is, uh, is always an entertaining guest. And he's bringing along Ann Ringline uh, from the Lincoln Running Company. Ann runs that deal. Uh, and so uh, uh, we'll be visiting with uh, Todd and Ann tomorrow. So tune in for that. We appreciate 
uh, Todd's uh, time uh, very much to come in and chat with us. Um, so, yes, uh, a couple of deadlines for uh, any, uh, any races in Nebraska. Um, March, uh, any incumbent that wants to run uh, who is a current office holder in, in Nebraska, uh, they have till March, a date in March. I think it's, I don't know if it's March 1st. I think it's March 1st. You have until that date, if you're an incumbent, to file for re-election in Nebraska. Uh, so that's not all that far off. And then the other date is um, uh, in February. Um, now I've got them back. Now I've got them mixed up. February is the date for incumbents uh, to announce uh, their candidacy. March is the date for anyone else. If you're going to run for a seat in Nebraska uh, next year, you have till March uh, to to uh, acknowledge that and and file for election. So, um, hey, we've got Mr. Matt Anderson on the phone. Um, Mr. Matt Anderson, you're always welcome here on the Dan Parsons Show. What's going on, my friend? Thank you, Dan. Well, I tell you what, uh, when I heard that you were not going to be on the air tomorrow, I was just like, oh, my gosh, no, that can't happen. But anyway, (laughs) hey, uh, we we have something super special happening out at the Branch Stoke Observatory. Tell us. And that is we're having an official ribbon-cutting and grand opening this Thursday at noon. And, of course, it's a great chamber event. And uh, Jason Ball is going to be there, nice. and uh, we'd love to, you know, to have as many people come and have an enjoyable time there. Uh, we're going to have some uh, some refreshments. Uh, James Arthur Vineyards is going to be there. Nice. Uh, we're going to have the folks from Kona Ice with their beverage truck, not the ice truck, but the beverage truck, and just a bunch of freebie stuff. But overall, just a great celebration uh, that will officially uh, let us. Let the public know that we're here. Well, con- only after nine and a half years. <laughs> well, congratulations, Matt. That's a; uh, those are always fun. And and so uh, on Thursday, tell our listeners again what time. Uh, Thursday at noon. Okay. At the Branch Oaks Observatory, and we're at fourteen three hundred Northwest. 98th Street, Raymond. Just just look that up on the digitals and plug that into your uh, uh, on your Google map, and it'll take you right there. I'm looking forward, Matt, to the day when I plug that uh, address in for that or anything else. I can just hit a button on my car, and it'll just take me there without me driving. You think I'll see that there. yet in my lifetime? I truly <laughs> believe you will, Dan. It's probably closer than you think. Oh, I think it's real close. And I want to thank the Dan Parsons Show for being such a great supporter for the Branch Oak Observatory. And I tell you, you guys are the blowtorch for life. <laughs> well, Matt, you're very kind. It's always a pleasure to hear your voice, and congratulations on the ribbon cutting. And, yeah, that's always a big deal. So congratulations, my friend. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. Have a good thank evening. You so much. Yeah. yeah. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's getting dark. We can look at the stars. I don't know if there's any clouds, but... Uh, yeah, we can look at the stars. Well, a, a couple other notes uh, on Election Day. Uh, you know, it was a year from now. Uh, the nation voters will uh, decide whether another presidential contest, uh, likely one that pits the same, like it or not, it'll pit the same two candidates against each other. And and Johnny C. and I have a, a, a piece of fruit a bet on uh at least, uh, well, we know, well, we don't know, because neither of the candidates have been nominated by their party, but uh, the assumption is that uh, President Biden will be uh, uh, nominated by the Democratic Party, and former President uh, Donald Trump will be uh, nominated by the Republican Party uh, as the standard bearers for the 
respective parties and uh, you know uh, polling shows and again whether you believe polling or not any day of the week it you know anyway it's a snapshot and but a lot of most polling shows that most of us don't want either one of them (laughs) but that's most likely what we're going to get uh and the last uh the last time america elected a president as you may recall it led to a deadly assault on the u.s capitol uh and a failed coup that gravely damaged in most people's opinion our political system uh it was marred the peaceful transfer of power for the first time in u.s history so uh, uh despite a slew of arrests and felony convictions stemming from those events and January 6th of 2021, there's uh, really little sign that those who attacked democracy last time uh, have significantly moderated their outcome. I mean, there's still people that believe uh, that election was stolen, uh, even though uh, people that ran those elections uh, by the president who doesn't believe, the former president who doesn't believe in the outcomes of that, uh, the people that ran those elections, said it was the most secure uh, election in, in, in American history. So there's, you know, there's still people out there that doubt that. Uh, a recent report uh, by a group of election experts for the Safeguarding Democracy Project uh, warns that the United States electoral process and indeed American democracy itself is under great stress. No longer can we take for granted that people will accept election results uh, as legitimate and so uh, that's just the world that we live in it's it seems a little upside down but that's that's where we're at um, and here in Nebraska what have we done again uh, there's been uh, uh, efforts by our Secretary of State to secure uh, a, a safe and secure voting system in Nebraska uh, and uh, Lincoln State Senator Jane Raybould has introduced uh, in the last session LB604, which would modernize our process to vote by mail by doing these things, allowing Nebraskans to request online uh, rather than through the mail that their ballot be mailed to them. So currently, you have to mail in that request, uh, at least the first time. Uh, The other thing that uh, Senator Raybould's, uh, there there are several other things, uh, offering paid postage on return ballots Currently, you have to put your own stamp on that and mail it back uh, and requiring election officers to email or text a receipt. Anyway, that's the show, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Now go do good things.